The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Zion Christian Academy, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Coach's Corner, Fast Stop Convenience Stores, Lee Company, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Sports and beyond. It's on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, Lawson Smith, and Andrew Moore all in the studio with you this morning. Happy to have you guys with us and super excited to talk about this next uh, topic. Because we are all in agreement, at least we're not going to have a we're not going to have a fight about it. No, not but, at all. But uh, yeah, so coming to you from the Lee Company Studio, this is the Friday edition of the show on Front Porch Sports Radio in Columbia, Tennessee, where spot showers are expected today, and all that's going to do is drive up the humidity. And I'm not here for that. You got to go deliver stuff today, uh, or deliveries you? were done yesterday. So but well, that means I'm not getting on the forklift today, which is uh, yeah, I'll be all right. Sometimes driving the forklift <laughs> is fun. That's that's probably the most fun part of the job. Drive the forklift. It's like driving the Gator at the ballpark. You know, if you get to drive the Gator, you're kind of in charge. Which by the way, this is completely off subject. This has nothing to do with baseball. But I saw uh, someone posted on Facebook this morning in one of one of my groups that I'm in that they really talk a lot of NBA stuff. Did you know that floor sweepers in the NBA average $80,000 a year? Huh? They get paid $80,000 a year to sweep the floor in the NBA. I'll take that. I yes, please. I don't think that's all they do. And no, that's what like that is their job. Like they, I, are, I guarantee you, if you are a floor sweeper in the NBA, there's that little clause at the bottom, and and other duties as warranted or, or yeah, something like that. But that's what I mean. That's their job. I'm sure they probably have to do some little things here and there, or some big things. Maybe I don't know. But for eighty thousand dollars, there's very few things I wouldn't do. <laughs> I'm just saying, if if I get to watch NBA games on the floor and get paid eighty grand to make sure that the sweat doesn't trip somebody, I'm in. This is true. I mean, again, can't argue with you. I'm just saying you're you're doing more than sweeping floors. Let's see. Gotta be. Well, gotta uh, be. Uh, we're about to find out. Gotta be. Dodd Buzz 
dot com. I tried pulling that up on my phone. Had the same issue there with this website. Okay, well, yeah. this website we, we may have to, <laughs> we may have to revisit this. Yeah, I, I mean, but I think it's worth revisiting. There's a whole in there's a whole New York Times article about this, a, an entire NYT article. So, yeah, <laughs> we're definitely going to have to revisit this. Just just well, throwing that out there, it's got to be done. I don't have access to NYT, do you? For some reason, I have access to this story. Oh, well, hey, copy it and paste it. <laughs> Send it to <laughs> right? me. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, this is wild. Um, anyway, so as we told you on the other side of the break, want to talk about these, re- speaking of ridiculous, these <laughs> – all-star jerseys that Nike has put together for uh, the all-star game, which is set for next month. Up in I would Colorado. have expected something like this out of Adidas, but not Nike. Nike likes to do dumb stuff though. They, I mean, if, if, if we're being honest here, this is the same company that decided that, um, the the length of sock between athletic mid calf and no show was a good idea to produce. I'm just saying, and the only people who wear those are also wearing zaddies, the white New Balances with their Nike with their Nike mid, socks, mid ankle socks, Nike socks and New Balance. I I had to get on to a um, yeah. Oh, you were there. I was there. Yeah, I had to get on to former um. Columbia Central tight end Montana Carnes for, you know, having on Adidas shirt and shorts and Nike shoes over at seven on seven the other day. Hashtag first world problems, but still. Yeah, I just I don't understand what this is supposed to do. Like I I mean first of all, I guess everybody has their three letter, you know. That's on the the score bugs, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what they put on these these uniforms, and vertically, vertically on the left chest or left side, yeah, with the logo on the left chest over top, and it's in a contrasting color, and no number, no yes, number sir. on the front, which, no number on the front, which is not an unusual. I mean, like oh, the Braves no. don't have a number on the front of their jersey, or like the Dodgers are one of few teams that do have a front number. I guess you're right. Yeah, baseball uniforms don't typically have a front number um, in major leagues, and, and in the major in the major leagues, that's not a big deal. Right in high schools, it helps, um, especially for identifying players in pictures. Yeah, but the worst part about this is the least noticeable. And this is what you said. <laughs> I don't understand how this is even a thing. There's so much bad in those jerseys that the fact that it's a two-button neckline barely even registers. That's Little League stuff. Absolutely. I mean, I'd rather you just not, it just be a straight pullover with no buttons. A V-neck, even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. V-necks are coming back. Let's just do that. Yeah, if you're not going to do a straight button down, then don't put buttons on it at all. But two buttons? What's the use of the buttons? What's the point? Who's going to button it? Who's going to unbutton it to put it on? What, what are the point of the two buttons? 
It's it's absolutely insane. And for what it's worth, veteran Spring Hill baseball coach Paul Lamb agrees with us because he responded to my tweet yesterday and said there's a good chance Manfred had helped design these. Oh, there's no question. Which explains a lot. That guy Never mind. I won't he, tell you he what hates he could, baseball. I don't, apparently, I won't tell you what he could screw up, but he could screw it up. And if if you have any idea what I'm talking about, you know. If you know, you, you know. know. <laughs> Hashtag IYKYK. Yeah. Uh, he does hate baseball. He doesn't want. Last night, I had to watch pitchers getting checked for sticky stuff. Folks, Major League Umpire yesterday. A major league umpire checked a major league pitcher for a sticky substance, which is known to help spin rate in major leagues. The only problem is this pitcher is a knuckleballer. What are you checking him for? Fingernail. Stop. (laughs) Stop. I'm, I, this is ridiculous. Everything about what Rob Manfred has done to this league is absolutely insane. He's not done a good thing yet. Give me one good thing. Seven inning double headers, international tiebreaker and in extra innings, the sticky stuff crap, manipulating the baseballs. One good thing. Can anybody tell me one good thing he's done? Nope. I got nothing. It got nothing. Yep. There is nothing. This is insane. You know what it is, Chris? Trash can juice. There we go. Um, speaking of, Braves with a 5-3 loss at Cincinnati to open a four-game series last, ne- last night. They continue at 6-10 today. Um, Drew Smiley goes to the bump for the Braves, 4-3, 5.11 ERA. His counterpart for the Red Legs is Vladimir Gutierrez, three and one with a three eight six. Braves come into this game thirty five and thirty nine. The Reds are one game over five hundred at thirty seven and thirty six following that win yesterday. So Drew Smiley threw nearly six innings of no hit baseball in a shutout, and his ERA is still five eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It tells you everything you need to know. Um. Uh, that's not ideal. That's not ideal at all. And last night, you know, Nick Castellanos may be the best player in the National League. Nick Blastellanos, as was tweeted out after his home run yesterday. And yeah. then had the had a double that scored an extra run in the ninth or in the eighth to uh, extend the lead to 5-3. I, dude is really good. And, and he comes up so clutch for that team. That team is not very good. They play in the NL Central, which is a bunch of teams that aren't very good. But he's he he is big fish, little pond mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, this Braves team, they threw out the spring training lineup again, and uh, in, including Jesse Chavez, who, by the way, I didn't know was still in the league at like. 38 years well, old. Well, I don't think he was in the league until he got called up for that open. I didn't even know he was still, like, <laughs> active. I thought he was in – I thought he was pitching to uh, 
Bartolo Colon in the Dominican League or something. But no. And a right-hander at that age? That's that's unheard of. So, hey, <laughs> more power to him. He pitched well. 36 pitches, 26 strikes. I mean, <laughs> he pitched how well. How much more can you ask for? It just – I'm just sitting here going, when did we get this guy? <laughs> Where, where did about, he come from? Two o'clock yesterday afternoon. Right. Yeah. We should have had him all year. Good as he pitched. Yeah. This day in Braves history on June 25th, 2008, Tommy Hansen threw the first no-hitter in Mississippi Braves history, striking out a career high and team record 14 in a 6-0 win over Birmingham. Went on to make his Atlanta debut about a year later, earned his first victory in his second start, and was named rookie of the NL Rookie of the Month for June of 09. Traded to the Angels after the 12th season. Went 49-35 and 35 at the Major League level. Tragically died on November 9th, 2015 at the age of 29. So. He was a really good pitcher. I enjoyed watching him. For a short him. period of time. Yep. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for the first hour. When we come back, it's Jeff Hem of the Nashville Sounds on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Y'all stick around. We'll be right back right after this. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Coming to you from the Lee Company studio here, five minutes past the top of the hour. Happy to have you along with us in the Front Porch Sports Headquarters of WKOM 1017 FM on Facebook Live. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Facebook page and on Twitter at SM underscore T in sports. So glad you could be with us this morning. And Mo, it's a, it was an early morning for me. I had to get up and get ready because we have an afternoon appointment to get our pitchers. Got to get our pitcher took. Never tell you, I told you about that. The, the, I had a boss at a paper that, she said she called pictures pictures. Pictures. And she wanted more pictures in the paper. So I made an entire page on the back page of pictures of pictures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I called it a picture page. I don't think she got it. But it was worth it for me. So anyway. <laughs> Early morning because I had a late night last night as I was at the Nashville Sounds Charlotte night's game and let's talk about that what do you say let's bring it on the parks motor sales hotline nashville sounds voice play-by-play man jeff him jeff welcome in appreciate you joining us again good morning guys good to be with you again this week yeah it's uh you know like i said on the on the phone it's uh it was a late night for us uh 710 or 705 first pitch means 10 20 or so uh getting out of there because a walk-off win takes a little time 
Yeah, they made it worth your while to uh, stick it out to the end, right? I mean, if it's going to be a lengthy game, at least end it uh, in that fashion, the way they did. Two different rallies, from, uh, a walk-off, and it didn't go to extras. So, uh, yeah, it was a it was a battle, but uh, it ended with uh, some excitement, and they it made it worth it. You and I were just chatting. It was like 9,000-plus last night, and a good, good amount of that uh, hung around till the very end. So they were rewarded for that. Yeah, got their, got their money's worth, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. On Throwback Thursday, for sure. Oh. Yeah, it's always good to get. How does that work? When does when do libations get cut off on Throwback Thursdays? I want to say it's the seventh inning, I yeah. believe. is uh, Seventh inning, or I, now I'm putting me on the spot. Now I'm second-guessing myself. It might be or seven innings or a certain time on the clock, whichever comes first. I can't recall now. Um I don't have that problem since I'm staying clean in the booth during the game. But, there you go. <laughs> uh, there was plenty of people at the band box that didn't know what uh, when last call is. That's for sure. Don't don't tell me. I saw you in the Brower Lounge last night. <laughs> no, it, it was you know last night was kind of what uh, kind of unusual because we were really excited. Obviously, Ethan Small getting his first start uh, for the AAA club. Went two and two thirds through thirty five pitches in that third inning, and uh, did that he didn't get to finish. It, just a tough night for him. He, he walked five, but as you tweeted, it it did feel like he got squeezed a little early. Yeah, I felt that way. I, you know, and and I, it's always easy to say that when a guy has some walks and say, "Well, they were close," you know, because all these guys are around the zone a lot. Uh, very times that somebody just all over the place for for either team. You don't get to triple A by being by being that wild. So it's always easy to say that, but I, I really did feel that way, especially in the first inning. And I always judge it by uh, the pitcher's reaction. And of course they want every pitch, but both teams and multiple pitchers last night were reacting that way. And as the game went on, uh, I I felt sort of I, I almost felt more strongly that Ethan was getting a little bit squeezed because it was happening for Charlotte's pitcher Mike Wright as well, and then a couple of the relievers were doing were doing double takes. Uh, so I'm, and I'm not putting it all on the umpiring crew, but I, I did feel like Ethan's final line was a little bit misleading because uh, he, he had those couple of walks in the first inning and they had one in the second and then and, and then he got interrupted in the third but it, it threw 35 pitches in that inning and uh, I think it was Sebi Zavala was the last hitter he saw a White Sox catching prospect and he battled and fouled off some pitches so it became clearer as that at that went on that if he didn't get him, that was going to be it. He was either going to end the inning and get a chance to come out for the fourth, or, or that would be it. And he uh, he didn't get him, and he was the third five pitches in that one inning. And I, I talk about this all the time on the air. At AAA especially, prospect or not, 30 is sort of that magic number unofficially that if a guy is flirting with that total in any one inning, you're, you're almost always see the bullpen working. That's just a that's a heavy inning, regardless of weather conditions or prospect status. That's a heavy inning, and most teams don't want guys getting that number, or they don't want to go far beyond it. Uh, and and that became the case for Ethan. So, you know, who knows? I'm could have been some nerves there. I know he had a a big contingent on hand. We'll never know exactly how to quantify that, but certainly could have been part of the the command issues. But I certainly felt like for for a five walk game. 
uh, it, it didn't feel like a five-walk game uh, because at, at certain points you, you saw the great talent that he has. I mean, the first inning, he walked the first two batters on a total of 11 pitches and then got the next three guys on a total of four pitches. So it was a 15-pitch inning that included two walks, which is really strange. So he, you know, he tried to settle in, and he, he was fun to watch. He's going to be fun to watch, and uh, I, I would imagine his second outing will go uh, quite a bit differently than last night did. Well, his, his first outing in Birmingham was almost identical. Uh, I think he went three innings. <laughs> Through seventy pitches in in that first outing in, in Double A Birmingham, so maybe he just needs to take some time to get acclimated to his surroundings, Jeff. It could, yeah, it could be, and you know, Triple A Triple A is different, you know, too. I mean, these hitters do spoil more pitches. They they you've got to be that much tighter, you know. It just it incrementally happens that way. That's why there's still a jump from Triple A to the big leagues, and there's a jump from Double A AA to Triple A. The hitters just have a little bit more seasoning. Many of them at AAA have been in the big league, so they're not going to go after the same number of pitches uh, that that AA guys might go to. And AA is the same way relative to the high A level. So, uh, you know, a little bit of adjustment there, I'm sure. And you're right about the walk totals at Biloxi. And uh, Jim Henderson, our pitching coach, was my pregame show guest yesterday. And I asked him about what he liked about Ethan's numbers at AA, and he brought up the walk total. He said early in the year, as Jim was monitoring what was happening down there, the walk totals and the strikeout totals were uh, were consistent, and in some cases for the walks, a little bit elevated. And he said in his last few outings, if you look at the walks, they went down. He only walked four in his final three outings down at Biloxi, but the strikeout numbers didn't change. And in a couple of outings, they, they even rose a little bit. And that's really what felt, I think, made, made the Brewers feel comfortable that Ethan could get moved up, uh, was that the walk totals were, were being controlled a little bit. The strikeout numbers weren't changing, even though the walk totals were going down, and they felt he could handle AAA. So I, I would like to think that last night with that five-walk total, and again, with a little bit of perhaps a, a shrinking zone at times or a smaller zone, um, you know, that, that'll last night will turn out to be even more of an, an aberration than anything we're going to see consistently. Uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, we're on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Jeff Hem, the sounds play by play voice. And Jeff, one of the things that kind of um caught me by surprise as I was looking over some of the recaps from earlier this week against Charlotte. Tim Beckham is on the infield for the Knights. That was a guy who was a high draft pick by the White Sox sometime back, and I guess I just kind of lost track of him, didn't realize he was down there. What have you seen out of him this week? Obviously, the White Sox are really rolling, and no place with the big club for him, especially with Tim Anderson at shortstop. But, you know, what, what are you seeing out of him? Yeah, Beckham is, in fact, the reigning uh, player of the week in the AAA East. They, they, Durham, uh, Durham, uh, Charlotte had Jacksonville at home last week, and one, they had one game rained out, so their six-game series became five. And Beckham hit six homers last week and batted something crazy around like 500 or so. Just had a monster series. And you can see the raw ability. I mean, he was a, he was a first-round pick, I believe, with Tampa years ago uh, and before coming to the White Sox. And you can see the first-round raw ability there. I mean, Charlotte's had several guys who've had a big series so far. They've got a few guys who, who are locked in at the plate right now. Jake Berger, Gavin Sheets, Matt Reynolds. The, the top of their order has really had a lot of traffic in this series so far. 
a little bit different than what we saw from their offense a few weeks ago in Charlotte. Um, but yeah, Beckham, Beckham's having a nice year and he's been really hot lately. And you're right. It's interesting. I mean, that's a tough lineup to crack in Chicago. Charlotte still has sent a few guys up there because the White Sox have had injury problems. Outfielder Brian Goodwin went up recently. They've got Adam Engel on the injured list up there. Nick Madrigal's out for the season. So a guy named Luis Gonzalez went up the other day from Charlotte. So they've been sending guys up, but you you brought it up. I mean, it, it depends on what position has the need. And as of right now, Beckham has remained at, at Charlotte, but, um, We've seen we've seen the depth of the White Sox farm system in these two series with Charlotte, whether it's a homegrown guy or a free agent type like a Brian Goodwin that they brought in, um, and and increasing that depth because the White Sox have had a lot of injury needs and, and reasons to bring guys up from Charlotte. And I've been impressed with with Beckham. Um, he he had a little hiccup defensively last night in the bottom of the ninth, and that's what mm-hmm. got Tim Lopes on base and led to the, the winning run. So, uh, you know, uh, we've seen both sides of Beckham's game a little bit in that respect. But offensively, uh, there's nothing to, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to look past. He's, he's been impressive of, of late for them. The Sounds 8-7 walk-off win last night gives them a 2-1 lead in the six-game series after Charlotte won 13-6 on Wednesday. Um, tonight's game, a 7-0-5 start. And there's fireworks tonight. Fire. Um, 7.05 tomorrow and a 6.15 start on Sunday. 6.15, which, baby. There, uh, there we go. That's um, that's a little bit of a departure. You usually go 2.05 on Sundays, do you not, Jeff? This is, yeah, this is. Oh, no. Hello? We lost we lost Jeff momentarily. Yep, we lost him completely. Um, Yeah, that is unusual. I, you know, it's funny, though. Because uh, he said Tim Lopes and Chip Walters, of course, mentioned Davy Lopes. And of course, is is he kin to Davy? I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that while he may or may not be kin to Davy Lopes, mm-hmm. he is kin to Christian Lopes, who ironically played in Nashville two years ago as part of the Texas organization. <laughs> so yes. that was kind of funny. So so he had a little bit of a scouting report on Nashville then, I guess, as he was coming in. He did. Well, we've got um, Jeff Hamm, the Nashville Sounds play-by-play announcer, back on the line. Um, Jeff, we were just saying um, fireworks tonight. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. The the, uh, the phone gods didn't like something I said, <laughs> I guess. I didn't touch a thing, but we got cut off there. Yeah, we, we've got fireworks tonight, and – uh, you brought up the Sunday game, and this is usually time in the calendar where we go from Sunday day games to Sunday night games just in an effort to, to beat the heat a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, we want to remind folks that uh, if they're thinking about Sunday, it is a 6.15 start, not the 2.05. And, and we're done with home day games now the rest of the way, all, all night games with this, with the Sunday switch starting this weekend. But the weather's been great. We had a good crowd last night. I'm sure we'll have big ones over the weekend, so it's always in that part of the, the, the schedule where you don't want to wait around on your tickets because they may either not be there for you or the seats you're looking for are going to be gone with a good weekend ahead, and then uh, Louisville in next week, too. So this is a nice 12-game, 13-day homestand uh, where people can come on out and enjoy some, some baseball. We'll go right through the 4th of July weekend next weekend. Country Legends wind-up racer giveaway on Sunday. George Jones, George the, Jones. Final, the final one. 
the GOAT. Yeah, we got George Sunday, and then Reba's in there again next week. So another chance for people to complete the Legends set. And then uh, and then we'll move on to the Mo Patton Racer giveaway. Uh, No. <laughs> that would be the only way that Mo would be racing. Racing, yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to skip that. That's how, that's how I go. Wind me up, and then just point me in the direction you need me to go. That's right. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We appreciate you, and uh, looking forward to listening in uh, tonight and over the weekend. Again, we appreciate you, man. You bet, guys. Talk to you next week. All right, Jeff Him on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, the voice of the Nashville Sounds. Has his own room in the press box. If you walk by his room, it just on the the door. It just says Jeff Him. He's he's, he's earned that. I agree. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Of course, when you when when you work in the front office, you, you and you're printing the the labels. <laughs> I don't know if he is or not, but <laughs> hey, rank has its privilege, right? That's right. Got to give a shout out. I, I know this is com- completely random, but um, if I go to uh, ball game on Sunday. It is my anniversary and Sarah's birthday. Sarah is having a funeral this weekend. She said for her thirtieth birthday. <laughs> her youth is is dead. Has died. It is, it is over. It'd be like on on my twenty ninth birthday. My family and I went out to eat, and my mom told the the server at Logan's that this was my my last birthday. And the, the little girl was like, oh, my gosh, is there something wrong with him? And he, she's like, no, he's just turning 29, and I'll be darned if I have a 30-year-old son. <laughs> <laughs> so it was my, the so last there, birthday I had. We go, but we go backwards now. There we go. <laughs> oh, So anyway, happy early birthday to Sarah and early anniversary, too. So. Oh, and today is... Somebody's birthday as well, is it not? It's somebody's birthday. No, no, no. It's it's Charlie's four month. Yeah, it's her four month. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Anniversary. Charlie is four months old today. Yes, there she is. Yeah. She is super pumped about it. And Stephanie Roselli, our friend from Morning Point, former coworker Stephanie Roselli. Happy birthday to her as well. All right, we are going to take a break. And the rest of the way is pretty much uh, Mo's going to take a break. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> You'll have plenty to talk about with Joe on the uh, next segment. Joe Williams of the Williamson Herald will join us, and uh, but he's going to talk mostly about his time over in Gladeville at the Nashville Super Speedway. So. Stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back right after this. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game 
You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, Intern 1, Andrew Moore, Intern 2, Lawson Smith, all with you here on the show, Friday edition of the show. Happy to have you along with us on WKOM 1017 FM Front Porch Sports Headquarters in Columbia, Tennessee. Also on Facebook Live and Twitter as well. At, under, at SM underscore TN Sports on Twitter, Facebook, just search Southern Middle Tennessee Sports or Facebook.com slash SMTN Sports. Real simple. It's, it's, it's not hard. It's not hard at all. And we are excited to have on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with us this morning from the Williamson Herald, Joe Williams. And we have to tell you that he is brought to you by the Williamson Herald because we didn't get a chance to speak with Charles earlier this week or Joe on Tuesday. So we're going to give the Williamson Herald their just due as they so uh, graciously trade out some advertising with us, and we appreciate that. The Williamson Herald is the only print and digital uh, media outlet in Williamson County, and they do a great job, Charles and Joe, covering sports from Brentwood to Spring Hill and Fairview to Nolensville. You can't find a better uh, sports option in Williamson County than the Williamson Herald. So go to WilliamsonHerald.com today and subscribe. We are not going to talk a lot about Williamson County sports today, Joe, because we are much more interested in your experience over the weekend out in Gladeville at the Nashville Super Speedway. So welcome in to the show, and thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a great way to spend a Friday morning talking to you guys. We appreciate it, Joe. Um, obviously, a very eventful weekend for you this past weekend, as Chris said, over in Glaipel for the um, for the return of NASCAR Cup racing. But you posted a column yesterday that I just thought was fantastically done, and as I posted on Facebook and re reposting it, uh, there weren't a whole lot of people that could write that from the position that you wrote it from. But um, I, I just thought it was a very w- well-written, very representative column on the winner at last week's NASCAR event. Well, thank you. And that was that was Saturday's Xfinity race. Uh, Kyle Busch won his 100th event in that division. And that's just, I mean, that's that's tantamount, especially considering he doesn't run. And uh, for the last probably seven, eight years, has not run every uh, Xfinity division race. It, it's tantamount to Richard Petty's 200. Um, it's just a... And and Kyle has often said, "Have you ever won a hundred? Because he didn't think he would. That he would, he would retire from Xfinity racing and concentrate on this on his Cup stuff." Um, 
it was I wrote that simply because I was that moved by how much he has matured and um, you know his his interaction with his with his son and it's just you know he's he's still going to be Kyle Bush but he's I think uh, the, the difference is as I said at the end it's not this this cocky punk Kyle Bush anymore this is the confident swagger Kyle Bush and to me there's a difference oh there's a huge difference and yeah. I I shared that 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 column on my page and had several of my NASCAR friends who who read it said you know that that's fair because you know as Kyle said in Victory Lane you know he said listen to these people they don't want me here they don't they don't like me here and I commented under that and said here there anywhere <laughs> yeah well you know Kyle's got this and he's done some stupid things in his oh, yeah. past okay. You know, he he's, he he got upset at Texas with Ron Hornaday in a truck race years ago when Ron was uh, potentially going to win another truck championship and under caution, put him head on in the wall. Uh, and he paid a price. He was suspended in the whole nine yards. Um, you know, he, he Nashville hates him for busting the guitar in 09. As I mean, well as should. The, the wildest thing to me was my phone literally blew up in victory lane when he crossed the start finish line to take the checkers. Uh, some of them I can tell you about. Some of them we can't repeat in the family <laughs> show. Uh, you know, I mean, I had at least seven offers of I have bail money in my pocket. <laughs> I actually had a, a a Murfreesboro bail bondsman that said, uh, "Have him take you to Rutherford County." <laughs> Wow. I'll, I'll have you out in 20 minutes. You um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nashville hates Kyle for that. But what they don't understand is that after he, he made that mistake, and I'm not sure he still considers it a mistake, but he understands why other folks do. Um, he made a very large donation to the, uh, to the music program at the Metro National Public Schools. And, you know, he's – his first reaction was, I'm never going to talk about it. Don't ask me about it. Don't ask me about it. And, and it's become more of a, yeah, it happened. Okay. You know, I'd, I'd like to put it behind. Me. All right. You know, I, I dare say between the three of us, we could probably pick one or two things in our youth that we really wish we hadn't done. <laughs> well, just not on that stage. Yeah. I mean, um, just leaving you and Chris out. <clears throat> I've got a couple, so yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can you you can you can get with that, and and when somebody's trying to grow, you gotta you know you gotta give them the grace to do so. So you know, kudos yeah. to him for for doing that. We're on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Joe Williams of the Williamson Herald, who spent the weekend sharing public address announcer duties with Chase McCabe over at Gladeville and. Joe, did you did you prove yourself sufficiently to the powers that be that, <laughs> that fill those positions? I, you know, I hope so. Uh, Eric Moses, new president, was everywhere. Uh, we we had not met Sunday afternoon in in Victory Lane with Kyle Larson. Um, he actually came over and shook my hand. He said, "I just wanted to meet you." And I whispered, I leaned over, whispered in his ear, said, "Thank you. I hope we've been able to do what we said we could do." And he went, "Oh yeah." <laughs> And that's, been, that's the totality of my interaction with the new president over there. They, the, the place looked great. The, the, 
it's hard to explain just how easy this was. Um, in the old days, you had some folks in the track who were helping you, and you had your two announcers, and we had to create basically everything that happened. This time, when, when NASCAR comes in now, especially on the cup level, they have one group that's producing everything trackside. They have an audio group with a, a producer in the booth that's coordinating all this. And then there's a director in Charlotte who is directing us. I mean, there's I got three, three people in my ear the whole time. And they were just great to work with. And, I mean, they created stuff. It, it truly you – know, I told Chase, I said, all right, when we get – qualifying if you're going to do driver introductions we need to sit down and type this out and find a place to print it oh no 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 no. that's done for you all he had to do was go down and make some notes hmm. i mean it was this this is the as i told him i finally figured out that the, the, the level of professionalism in the last 10 years that bar has gone so high that i was nervous on whether or not we could reach it it ain't a bunch of rednecks anymore huh Oh, son, let me tell you, compared to the first one of these I did in 1982, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know? it, it's it's impressive because despite all of the bad things, you know, the concession issues and the parking issues and, and that sort of thing. Despite, and the cooler issues. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there's several things they got to work on, uh, and, and they know that. And it, that's the one thing. Eric Moses has, has greatly impressed me um, in that. If he says we're going to work on it and fix it, I believe it's going to be fixed. Well, and I mean, you can't know, you don't know what you don't know. And we knew that 40,000 people were coming, but we'd never had 40,000 people there because they had to expand the grandstands to get to 40,000. So we didn't know how it was going to play out traffic wise on a, you know, on, on, is it Daryl Waltrip Boulevard out there? Well, you, you you get off for us. You get off at eight forty and go down Bill France Boulevard. Bill France, that's it. And and turn on to either Uncle Bob Harmon Way or Daryl Walter Boulevard. I mean, you just you don't might. know what you're. You, you don't. You didn't know what to expect because we'd never had that many people over there. Yeah, and and, and I will say, and, and I know we'll get back to them. You know, the the one thing that that did uh, that I saw right off bat was there wasn't enough signage and communication uh, to figure out, you know, which way to go in. And that's like, uh, I guess it was Friday. We got over Thursday, got credentials, went in the way we've always gone by the admin building. And Friday I went in, I was there at 730. No, you got to go in the blue entrance. Okay. Where's the blue entrance? There's no sign. Oh, you got to go back out all the way around the racetrack and then all the way back around the racetrack to get to your parking area. Okay. Uh, uh, so but, but my parking went, spot is over there. So it's, it's 20 feet away. <laughs> literally, literally, that's what I was going to say. You know, the crazy part is I'm 100 yards from where I'm going to park, but I had to drive three miles to get to it. <laughs> you wow. can uh, The efficiency <laughs> is – I get it because I understand, but – it's. It, I had a similar issue last night. We'll put it that R- way. Reminds me of a good friend of mine, a, a late good friend of mine, who who once said, "Common sense ain't so common anymore." Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I might argue with that from a company standpoint, but that's that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> good job there, sir. It's a, uh, you know, Joe. 
you have to be happy though. Everyone that I spoke with who came from out of town uh, said the track looked, as far as a fan experience, the track and the the grandstands and everything, it, it felt brand new. Like they had just really done a great job making sure that it was prepared for the cup stage. And I think it probably was. I know just about everything in that sound system, everything in the sound booth was, uh, was brand new. Um, the, they, they gutted everything in the towers. The, uh, the, the temporary seats they brought in were solid. They, they weren't the rickety. Oh my God, I'm going to fall through this thing. Um, they had plenty of staff on site. Once you, once you got there, they had plenty of staff to direct things around. I think the fan experience was absolutely wonderful. If you, again, it, it, the parking and, and the concessions, you take those two things away. I think the rest of it was just unbelievably positive. And those are things that can be fixed. And the, the other thing, the racetrack, you know, one of the things that always been, well, this, the, the track is boring. It's one group, blah, 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 concrete. It wasn't. Well, one, they did something different. Most of the tracks around the circuit have been using what they call JP2. Which is or JP one, which is uh, it, it's supposed to be supposed to help the grip of the tires and open up some lanes and this kind of thing. Nashville and NASCAR got together and tried something different, and they put a resin down that instead of just saying, "Hey, the wheels are going to grip," it actually keeps the rubber and on a race race tires, you go around the rubber wears off really quickly, unlike your street tires. But what this did was it left the rubber in place so you had rubber on rubber and it was sticking versus rubber on a solvent that might stick. And we saw real quick two, two and a half lanes open up. And and these guys, you know, the the truck race and uh, the Xfinity race, even the cup race, if you look back in the field, it was not uncommon to see three, sometimes four wide racing. Right. Yeah. And that was unheard of ten years ago. Nobody would nobody would have braved that ten years ago. Well, I I think I think you're right. I think Nashville, Dover, everybody involved did a fantastic job getting in, getting this track ready. And kudos to them. And I'm excited to see where it goes from here. How yeah, good I'm, is I'm, Kyle Larson? Oh, man, you know, I think Larson, I think it's a combination. First off, Chevys have a bit of an advantage right now. They're going to a brand-new car next year, so everybody's kind of stuck with what they had. And the Chevy folks pretty well figured it out, and the Hendrick folks really figured it out. And then you put somebody with a talent of Kyle Larson uh, behind the wheel, and, I mean, the kid really is that good. Uh, He just, he feels things that I think some others don't sometimes he, he can feel things in the racetrack and i mean you know, as much as much fun as we had and as good as the race was you know the bottom line is the kid was dominant you realize he led 264 out of 300 laps and think about that that's that's walt you know that that's daryl waltrip stats at nashville you know when daryl would come in here and lead 360 or 420 at the old fairground so get out in front and stay out in front huh yeah, and I mean, that's just, it's amazing. The, the other big controversy that, that came out of the weekend, uh, defending cup champ and defending most popular driver, Chase Elliott, got disqualified. I did see that. It has been a long, long time 
that somebody on the cup level just got flat disqualified. And he got moved from, I think he finished sixth, and he got dropped all the way to 39th. I mean, it, it's just going it, to kill him when it comes time to go to the chase in the playoffs. But they found five lug nuts that were loose. Sheesh. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. I like, he, he did, I did like his tweets in NASCAR, though. He said, so if the tire comes off and I crash, do I still get to keep my stage points? Because he picked up some extra playoff points by winning the first stage. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, that's, that's a fair question. But. Man, that's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what advantage loose lug nuts give you. I don't. I just no. don't know. So, no, yeah, no, you don't. It gives you a vibration, and you go slower. Right. I, I'm thinking, heck, they probably should have moved him up three or four spots just for being able to finish sixth. Well, but it, it, <laughs> well, yeah, it, it is a major safety issue. I mean, if sure, if, you know, if if one of those tires comes off and winds up in a grandstand somewhere, NASCAR's got real problem. We, we don't race anymore. You know. Yeah, so, I mean, I understand what they're doing. And I, I think I think the Hendrick operation does, too. I think they've they got to go back and find out why there were five. My dad but, was know, nearly were... hit by some of the, the Bobby Allison car, so we feel so, you. I got a, so, I got a story on that one for you one day. <laughs> we'll have to hear it another time because we are up against a break. But, Joe, thanks for joining us. You are always a pleasure. I appreciate it. One quick last note. It sure. is a sad day in NASCAR. Uh, the great Jack Ingram passed away last night jack uh, known as the iron man uh back in the 70s and 80s just dominated the late model sportsman in the original bush grand national series um and i remember he, he won a race here in 84 to, he and joe carver who was a general manager at the time with big buddies and carver tells me after he wins he said son you got one tough interview he ain't gonna say anything and he don't like nobody <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm 21 years old, and I stand out here shaking because this is the great Jack Ingram. And the only thing I remember, he's just a big teddy bear. <laughs> Must have liked he was just a really, He was just a really nice guy. And uh, it's, it's, it's a sad day, but these things happen. Joe, thanks again. We appreciate your time, and we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Guys, I love spending time with y'all. Y'all have a great weekend. You too, buddy. <laughs> Bye-bye. Joe Williams of the Williamson Herald on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. When we come back, it's T. Willie talking NASCAR. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Y'all stick around. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into the show. 13 minutes to the top of the hour and our final show of the week. Glad to be with you on this Friday edition. Coming to you from the Lee Company studio right here 
in Columbia. And it's going to be a, a fun weekend. Plenty to to talk about uh, on Monday. Hopefully we'll be talking about some College World Series on Monday and previewing the Vanderbilt Commodores, but we'll see. That would be ideal. That would be nice. Uh, that being said, this weekend is full of NASCAR because we got Dublé headers, double headers in NASCAR this weekend. And to talk about it, we have, as always, our friend Terry Wilcox, Mr. T. Willie on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. And that's that's appropriate considering, you know, his duties over at Parks. <laughs> he was wearing his Parks Motor Sales shirt this morning in in the following his his show on inside middle Tennessee. So T Willie, welcome in. What's going on, buddy? Uh not much. And I'm also this weekend I was Joe Williams personal chauffeur, uh, running him back from the media center to the press box all weekend long. <laughs> that's, so, a, that's a fun job. Well, it was fun. Joe, Joe is awesome. I tell you, I've enjoyed listening to him uh, call the races for so long. Him and Malcolm West, which are unbelievable duo, but uh, Joe's a great guy and does a fantastic job. So, but I had a good time this weekend for the races. You know, he went through everything that happened out there. You know, a few glitches that they'll fix that more people than they've ever had before. So they'll, they'll get those taken care of. So the great weather was beautiful out there. Uh, unbelievable. So, and, and just looking forward to the Kyle Larson twin doubleheader wins this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> right. Seems like you can't lose. And now if he ran a truck in the Xfinity, he'd probably go four for four, but he doesn't. But uh, at Pocono this weekend, uh, we'll be broadcasting live on, 101.7 starting at 10:30 both days. Uh, we're going to have a truck race tomorrow. Uh, then that'll be followed by my pre-race show around 12:30, and then the Cup race uh, will come on. We'll come on the air about one with that, and about two o'clock be the green flag. And then on Sunday we'll do it all over again with the Xfinity and the Cup. So should be a great weekend. You know, Kyle Larson is hot right now, but the one person that's won the most out there at that track. It's actually Danny Hamlin. I believe he's got six wins on that in that track. So he's one you got to keep an eye on as well. But I don't know if anybody has anything for uh, for Hendricks Motorsports. All four of those cars were fast this weekend. So even even with the fog nuts loose, <laughs> right? Denny Hamlin, if if he's going to win, has got to come from the ten spot to do it. Uh, and there are two, three, four, five Chevrolets in front of him. <laughs> yep. And including Kyle Bush, uh, Kyle Bush in the Toyota, he is the highest uh, starting Toyota in that five spot. Right. And uh, that's a... Uh, it's a tall order. It is. But, uh, it's going to be tough. But, yeah, but that's such a big track, as you know. It's, uh, it is. It's got, got the three, it's got the longest straightaway in NASCAR, but it's got three, actually three straightaways for the most part, three three corners or six, however you want to look at it. But, uh, and it usually runs pretty well. They don't really have a lot of uh, cautions there. Uh, Clayton's trying to call me, but I'm going to cut him off. Cut but, him uh, off. Cut yeah, his I, mic I, off. I cut his mic off. Yeah. You need to come on the air too. But anyways, um, it, it should be a good race. You could come back in the back and, uh, and get to it, but, uh, you got to, everything's got to fall right. You got to have good pit stops. And you mentioned, the. Uh, 
the advantage to having five lug nuts loose. Well, the main advantage is most likely you got a faster pit stop. But in the end, <laughs> right. but in the end, it hurts you. And see, he had a vibration chase did, and he kept telling them, but they just thought it was a bad tire. But uh, but that that's horrible. But but yeah, Kyle Larson's hot right now. Uh, it's going to take a lot to slow him down, and he can run anything. You know, you put him in a dirt car, put him in a super late model, anything he runs and he wins. So, but uh, but anyways, I'm I was excited this week, past weekend, like Joe said. Great, great people to work with. I work with the uh, Gary Camp out of Dover. He's a bike VP up there. Uh, we did all the infield media stuff. So I got to be in Victory Lane, got to see all the interviews. Uh, a, a big thing that happened is uh, Sam Bass, the late Sam Bass, his son, and uh, and the guy that runs the, the place for him now, they delivered this special guitar to the track in honor of Sam, and they're going to put it in a in a, uh, show in the case. It'll be permanently on display, and uh, that was amazing. Sam was such a great individual, and everybody really loved Sam Bass. So, but uh, a great weekend got to see Ryan Priest get his first win in the truck race. That was amazing. Uh, and I don't care about Kyle Busch, but but then uh, Kyle Larson got to win Sunday. So there we go. Did you read? Did you read Joe's article? Uh, his his column about Kyle. In, you know, I missed it. And, I'll, I'll uh, send that to you because it really, it, it really kind of, I don't know if it changed my opinion on Kyle Bush, but it certainly altered the, uh, the level of disdain that I had for Kyle Bush, <laughs> if that makes sense. My, my whole problem with the Xfinity thing is, uh, you know, would, you know, would Mike Trout, would Barry Bonds, would they go play AAA baseball? How many home runs do you think they'd hit? You know, you're running against uh, young up and coming stars, and basically you got a cup team. So yeah, he got to 100 wins. That the second highest is Mark Martin with 49. That's great, but he's a he's a cup champion. Why are you running in the minor leagues? I mean, I understand going to a new track, maybe running on Friday or Saturday to just to get a feel for the track, but uh, to go out there and and take a, a spot away from a Xfinity regular because there was. Uh, six cars, Xfinity cars, that went home uh, Saturday that did not get to race because and he, he took one of their spots. So that that's my whole issue with that team, uh, and I I won't change my mind on that. That's, that's, I don't, that, that is a, an excellent point, and I don't, I didn't really think about that, but you're right. And now, now personally, yeah, he, he's changed uh, somewhat. Uh, his, his his little son is amazing. Uh, I got a great picture. I forgot to put up. Of Brexton, he was actually did a little press conference, and he was actually signing autographs. So it was amazing. So, but uh, yeah, that's that's my whole issue uh, with Kyle Busch running in the Xfinity. You don't, you know, when you make the major leagues, you don't go running the minors. I'm sorry, especially with the major with a basically a, a cup team. So you're obviously going to win, and he does. So, but anyways, I don't really like talking about Kyle Busch, as you can tell. <laughs> I hear you. That's all good. Um, so who you got this weekend? You got, you, are you on the Larson training again? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't, you can't jump off of Kyle Larson until something happens. And they either, uh, and the only thing is going to beat him is probably a bad pit stop or a penalty or, or a wreck. Other than that, he's going to be competing, contending for the win. But like I said, don't go to sleep on, on Denny Hamlin. Uh, right. You know, he's, He's won there six times, so he knows how to do it. Uh, Kevin Harvick hasn't 
really been looking at you good at all. But uh, I think it was last year or the year before, year before, I think, uh, he won 20 races before he won a race, and then he won four of the last 16 or whatever. So that team may be turned around. They don't look like. But uh, I think Joe hit on a great point uh, with, the, with the new cars coming tomorrow, uh, coming next year. They kind of aren't doing anything with the current cars. And so you basically got what you what you had, and the Chevys figured it out at the end of last year. And uh, that, that's probably the whole reason they're dominating. Next year is going to be different. You probably have qualifying and practices at probably every track because it's a new car. So next year is going to be interesting. And uh, we still haven't don't have a date for the Nashville race next year. Uh, we probably won't get the schedule till October or whatever. Cause there's talk that they're looking at possibly changing, maybe a couple new tracks go in the schedule, uh, nothing official, but hopefully it'll be June 19th next year. So I can uh, get my parking scheduled or my camping spot reserved. <laughs> that would be That's ideal. Hey, uh, we're going to get you out of here just a little bit early because I, I was I was trying to get uh, I was trying to get Clayton Harris on to talk a little bit about his uh, weekend. But uh, give yeah. us give us a give us a, a quick get silly with T Willie. Come on now. What kind of car does an egg drive? An egg. An egg. What kind of car does an egg drive? No idea. A yolks wagon. Oh, <laughs> good one. Good one. Hey, good luck to Clayton that, uh, tonight. They play at eight o'clock at Club American Little League. All right. Today. So, okay. Thanks, Appreciate guys. you. Have Anytime. a good time. You too. All right. That was T. Willie. I was trying to get Clayton Harris on the line because uh, I wanted to talk about that, that, uh, that game tonight. They have, they play it. He said eight o'clock. I thought that's what he said. It's, sounds kind of late for little guys, but Hey, yeah, you would think, but, uh, We'll try to get Clayton on real quick to talk about that because uh, I don't know what time they're supposed to play this weekend, but I would like to know. So, hey, Clayton Harris, you are live on WKOM 1017 FM. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, buddy. How are <laughs> hey, you? Give us a quick update. You guys are playing Tullahoma this weekend, right? At Columbia American Little League? That is correct. Uh, we have uh, tonight starting at six o'clock. We have Spring Hill versus Tullahoma in the 10 U matchup. It is a best of three game series. Also at six o'clock, and that's on the minor league field. Gotcha. On the major league field at six o'clock, you have Tullahoma and Columbia coach pitch. That's the best of three game series. And then at eight o'clock tonight, you have the 12 U Columbia versus Tullahoma uh, first uh, game number one. Uh, in a best of three game series tomorrow uh, you'll have the 11 year olds in a three game round robin starting at two four and six between columbia spring hill and telahoma and then tomorrow night you have game two of the coach pitch starting at four o'clock 10 you between uh telahoma and spring hill at six and then columbia and telahoma at 8 p.m all right appreciate you man just wanted to get yes, that sir. information out there Will it be on hey, one, free, will it be on one oh three seven? What a one oh three seven FM tonight and also free admission. So if you can make it out to the park, it'll be fun. All right. We appreciate you, man. Talk to you later. Thank you, sir. All right, that's gonna do it for our show this week. It is Friday. We'll see you on Monday at nine AM for Andrew Moore and Lawson Smith. Mo. Ladies and gentlemen. The weekend. Yeah.